Welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, the latest on shares, markets and investments, now available on your Amazon Alexa. Hello and welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, now also available on the UK Investor Magazine mobile app. Uh, Once again, we're very kindly joined by Alan Green. Alan, thank you very much for joining us today. Pleasure to be back, John. How are you? Yes, very well. Thank you, very well. Thank you. Just about coping with the quarantine situation that we're in. How about yourself? Yes, well, uh, I think as like everyone else, I'm sort of uh, now uh, meeting all the people that I usually meet on Zoom, which is uh, very good. But um, but also, uh, you know, because there's obviously we're not travelling and not doing a lot of stuff. The um, the, tra- the the cost of travelling have fallen <laughs> for me personally, as have um, as have sort of uh, entertainment tabs as well. So uh, so you know, overall saving money um, and also uh, you know opportunities to cycle and stuff as well. So yeah, it's um, it has hidden benefits. This although it's a terrible it's a terrible uh, phase that uh, the world's going through. There is yes, obviously it's a tragedy what's happening, but there are. Um, some benefits and you can see a bit of positivity in the situation. Hopefully it doesn't go on for too much longer, uh, though. So, and we've been touching on a number of stocks recently, which we will recap on. Um, But just want to start off with some quite significant news this morning um, by some stocks that are very widely held among retail investors. And that's the UK banks, uh, Adam, that we saw the dividend cuts across the board very much on a instruction from the PRA, uh, the Prudential Regulation Authority uh, at the Bank of England, uh, wrote a letter to them last night, um, basically saying um, they were to cut their dividends and and rein in cash bonuses. Negative fallout we've seen so far this morning, Alan, but what do you think over the long term, that would mean for the banks. Do you think this is something that will just last this year and they'll start to see the dividends reinstated towards the end of it? Or do you think, you know, really for banking shares, this could be um, a point that investors start to lose confidence in these companies? Well, if you think about it, John, uh, banking stocks have never really recovered since the credit crunch, have they? I mean, they they have... Um, um, that they found new trading ranges, and every time we think the, the the banking stocks might be, you know, a good buy and a great opportunity, um, we get uh, we get the PPI claims, uh, which have rumbled on for years. I think everyone thought it would be uh, it would run over two years, but of course it's just run on and on. Then we had um, the uh, the dark pools, liquidity uh, issues, and of course there are still legacy issues. Coming back to haunt, say uh, Barclays, for instance, with the deal it did with the Qatari investors, and of course the fact that the taxpayer had to bail out RBS. Um, uh, and, and owned by by the government, actually. So yeah. that's, that's a huge huge holding there for the government. Yeah, that, absolutely. So, so, so there's a huge hole. Well, it, it's not the government; it's the taxpayer, isn't it? I mean, the taxpayers basically lost money. But I mean. Yeah, uh, for, are they investable propositions going forward? I think they're tradable. Um, I mean, I, I actually picked up some Barclays when um, when it dipped below a pound, and uh, again when they hit seventy five p. And um, I'm just looking at this morning's trading eighty eight p. And um, I think um, uh, what we've seen so far during the credit crunch is a series of uh, mini relief rallies. So you know, when 
it's uh, there's a perception that we're making progress against the coronavirus uh, when we're dealing with it. Um, and, uh, you know, when there's uh, the, the prospect of some stimulus coming in, obviously the big two trillion package that Trump announced. Um, but, I mean, it's still really, um, it's still sort of, uh, uh, you're still sticking fingers in the dam, really, aren't you? Because whichever way you go about it, this thing is, it, it's, uh, it, it's, it's going to be catastrophic for so many sectors because airlines are grounded, no one can travel. Um, the, the online shopping offerings from the supermarkets uh, um, aren't working well enough to be able to yeah, get, yeah. get everyone's uh, stuff, uh, uh, groceries delivered to home. So in so many ways, um, you're searching through and looking for investable propositions. And and ironically, a lot of the biggest stocks, I mean, I think, um, I think uh, the, the banks uh, are probably worth picking up as a speculative punt when they hit the lows. Um, so if you see if you see them hitting the multi-year lows again, then if you if you if you anticipate that there'll be a recovery or a, a, an improvement in the in the overall status quo, then they might be worth buying for a trade. But really, it's hard to see where where what, what sort of a future they have going forward because um, because at the, at the moment they're closing their branches left, right, and centre. They are. They are sort of uh, reducing their offerings to online. We've spoken about Metro Bank beforehand. And of course, you know, I think a month ago, I was talking about them as a, a great investment proposition. Of course, the share price has collapsed for them. So it's really hard to see a way forward. Um, you could also look at other financials and, and ask questions, say, about Aviva and Legal in general and the likes of those stocks, whether they will continue to pay a dividend. Um, and even, dare I say, the likes of Royal Dutch Shell, which is a, a, a bellwether Amongst bellwethers, um, uh, you know, both for for the uh, the funds that invest into it, and of course for investors that have held the stock for years, um, will they be able to continue to pay a dividend when the airlines are grounded, when fuel prices are falling, when the oil prices where it is? So lots of question marks there. Um, very hard to answer. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think if if Royal D- Dutch Shell were to cut the dividend, that would be. Uh, a real milestone uh, in this uh, in this crisis because that would be a significant uh, move. I mean, there's been some moves, some shells so far in terms of reining in their share buybacks, and they've put in some cost cutting measures, um, mm. which should secure the dividend uh, for this year. However, if this does rumble on and we see very sharp movements to the downside in oil from where we are now at twenty dollars. And Shell did have to take some action. That would be uh, be catastrophic um, for, for well, market. I, I think you're right. I think the, the the ramifications could be far-reaching because because then if you look at Shell cutting its dividend, it almost spells it. It, it almost it's almost a, a doomsday event for the market, really, because because you then are going to struggle to see value. And I think you could well see. Uh, a collapse in the FTSE 100 to 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 levels that we haven't seen for decades, um, uh, and obviously at that point there'll be some value and people will be buying in. But if the companies are unable to pay dividends, um, then people are just going to be trading. They're not going to be buying the stocks and holding them. Which and uh, of course it's going to create problems. However, there will always be opportunities, of course, at the bottom end of the market, and obviously stocks that. Um, uh, are in the at the, at the te- technical end of the market or the technology end of the market and offering solutions for 
people to connect um, and for advertisers in the current climate. So, um, exactly. Yeah. So there's, there's actually one such company that I've been looking at, Alan, that's um, British Honey. Now, that is a very entrepreneurial uh, company that, of course, as the name suggests, offers honey products, but also has a range of gins. Now, that yeah. has recently listed on what was called the Next Exchange, but has rebranded after a takeover um, as now called the Aquis Exchange. And that's one of the most recent IPOs onto that exchange. So it's trading um, at about £1.15 at this point in time. But this is one of those companies that is really sort of seeing the trend in um, consumers, and that's a trend towards gin drinking. Yeah. And also it does provide a positive impact to some extent because um, bees obviously do facilitate um, healthy ecosystems and obviously pushing forward with the British honey um, products that they do have, it does create uh, a healthier environment within uh, the uh, the UK uh, countryside. So that's an interesting one, um, both from a potential growth, but also the impact that the company is having um, at the moment. So that's trading on what is now the Aquis Exchange um, yep. and British honey. Um, so and there was a couple that we've touched on previously uh, in the oil sector, um, and that was I3 Energy. But they've had a very interesting update on Monday. Yeah, I, I, and this is what kind of gives me hope for the future, really. I, I mean, we talked about I3 Energy, um, the uh, the Liberator field and the uh, the Serenity field that it has in the North Sea. And, of course, um, Dreading last year established that um, whilst there was acreage at, uh, at in the Liberator field, um, they confirm um, when they drilled Serenity. They confirmed there were 197 million barrels of oil there, and they've also uh, come uh, come to an agreement with Dolphin Drilling, uh, which will take a 10 percent interest in the field to provide the drilling equipment and uh, and undertake uh, drilling of an appraisal well in September. But totally from left field on Monday, the company announced that um, it had entered an agreement to purchase. Uh, TSX listed Toscana Energy, TIC. Um, um, it, and uh, th- this is a company that has reserves of 4.6 million barrels of oil um, in, in, in its uh, Clearwater acreage. And these are, these are fields uh, um, in, 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 uh, in Alaska and I think Canada as well, if I, if I, if I recall correctly. Um, but, but basically, the, the company um, is producing. It generated 5.5 million Canadian dollars in revenues uh, last year, but given the fall in the oil price, as often happens with small oil companies, of course, it then becomes uh, uneconomical for them to continue with the current structure they have. And indeed, um, Toscana had borrowing of some some 28 million Canadian dollars. And um, uh, if I3 completes the deal and completes the takeover, they will acquire that debt for just... For just three point um, three point four million dollars Canadian, you know, which is about 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 uh, two and a half million dollars uh, two two and a half million US dollars, um, but uh, they haven't said as much. Um, but it's my guess that uh, they are acquiring that debt um, on the basis that they will be able to uh, work with those lenders going forward to provide funding to uh, complete the drilling of the the um, the Serenity field. Again, pure speculation on my part, but. It's it's a compelling logic 
uh, to the deal that maybe hasn't been sort of discussed in detail yet. Um, but also with that, they're getting the acreage at Clearwater, as I said, um, and uh, Clearwater has very similar characteristics to Serenity, which also provided some underlying logic for the deal as well. Share price has gone up uh, since the deal was announced, of course, um, but it's still around 7p at a fraction of the price it was earlier. But clearly, it's a bet on the oil price going forward. And of course, as we've just said earlier, that's very uncertain at the moment. But um, I've, I've got a few shares in this one as a speculative punt. And uh, if it does recover, it could be it could be a very nice play going forward. It does. I mean, it certainly looks very interesting. It's one of those companies that has shown some promise throughout uh, the downturn in the market. So, yeah, very interesting announcement there from i3 Energy and yep. really set up for, for some interesting developments going through the rest of 2020. Now, there's another company that we mentioned before we started recording, Alan, which is a company that's actually up on the day about 25% yep. as we speak. And that is the games technology company Bidstack. So could you just tell us a little bit more about what's happening there? Because that's one that has been very widely covered. It's seen a very sharp sell-off this year. Um, But we're just starting to see a bit more positivity being seen in the uh, the share price. It's interesting. I mean, James Drake, the CEO, um, he's uh, he's well established in the gaming industry. But um, um, the the, the gaming industry, as you and I know, is huge. It's 138 um, million or, or 38 billion dollars um, uh, worldwide. It's growing at 30, 13 percent a year. Um, it's it, it's an enormous burgeoning industry. Um, and as of yet, up to to bits that came along, there was no way of really advertising effectively to that industry. Obviously, the games go out there. People are playing the games, but they're seeing the same ads and the same inventory because that's what the game is released with. Bidstacks found a way to serve ads um, dynamically into that space, um, just to, uh, and as it's streaming content, of course, um, uh, that's uh, those ads can be served by user profile, which opens up a whole range of possibilities. Um, but they've taken a long time to test the technology and engage people. They've got a huge advisory committee, which includes people from Spotify, Trade Desk. Their chief technology officer is um, uh, is. Derek Wise, he's the a former Grape Shot and Oracle Chief Technology Officer. So that they, it's like a who's who of the gaming industry um, on this advisory board going forward. Um, they they provided a trading update last month. Um, um, revenues of uh, well, th- th- there's uh, going to be a loss of five and a half million on the year. Um, and whilst the revenues for the first half of the year are going to be minor, they will be material. Uh, in the second half of the year going forward. Um, and that's because um, they, they put out a trading statement uh, uh, last week where they said that due to the due to the uh, lockdown, the um, it was seeing a spike in gaming activity. Um, and th- that spike, uh, because their technology is already being tested and out there on the marketplace, it had thrown up a, a, a low a number of new commercial uh, uh, unusual commercial opportunities quote unquote. So I think um, the shares were trading as, have traded as high as 40p on the year and have recovered from lows of just under 4p. And it's pushed high, as you rightly say, John, uh, to over to over 8p already this morning. So um, I think this uh, we, we could start to see 
these revenues start to arrive at the bottom line. And once it's away and once it's uh, established its technology, the, the potential is enormous. It's such a vast marketplace. And this is one company that I think could do very well this year. And uh, we could well see uh, we, we could well see um, revenues arrive perhaps even earlier than, we, uh, than uh, the, the CEO himself uh, expects. Yes, I mean, one thing that I would point out uh, to people at, at this point in time is I think this is a company that you have to have a degree of patience with due to the nature of its business. It's obviously got excellent um, technology there, which it can put into online games and you know, games in Xbox and PlayStation and such like, which is fantastic. But there is a process of... Um, obviously, going into the agencies that are dealing with the larger brands, the advertising agencies, then obviously getting the agencies on board with the product, they have the confidence to then take that through to the larger brands out there. So that's something that can take yeah. many, many quarters um, to actually materialise in any revenue. Um, so that's why I'll just say a little, be a little bit patient with uh, with Bidstack because the technology's there. I've actually got a lot of friends that work within the advertising industry, so I, I know how it works. Yeah. Um, so it can take a bit of time. So definitely one uh, during this period when people are, uh, are at home and playing games is probably going to see a bit of an uptick in interest um, going forward. So an interesting stock there to watch. But we're going to finish off, Alan, with a company which is obviously providing uh, some of the, well, not treatments, but um, it's providing solutions to the issues that we're seeing within uh, the healthcare system at the moment. And some of those ones that are really coming to the forefront of people's minds. Um, so that that's a smaller company. Could you just give us a little bit more detail on them, uh, please, Alan? Yeah, sure. Uh, this is a company called Destiny Pharma. D-E-S-T is the epic code. Now, um, brand, brand Communications, my company, uh, is based at the Sussex Innovation Centre and Destiny Pharma have been based there more or less since I, I started working there, which is uh, which was um, uh, uh, quite some time ago. Um, so Destiny Pharma, they developed uh, what they call the XF series of light-activated antibacterial drugs that combat superbugs in hospitals. And of course, um, everyone will be very much, very, very well aware of the MRSA superbug that was doing the rounds in hospitals a, a, a few years ago. Um, and basically, the, uh, the the company have worked there currently. That uh, they announced on March the sixth. Um, the phase 2B trial was progressing nicely with 60 patients enrolled. Um, they're well funded. They've got £7.5 million uh, of cash in the bank, funded through to the uh, the end of the, uh, the end of uh, well, uh, summer 2021. Um, and also their grant-funded programs are progressing well too. And, you know, as you point out with Bidset just now, John, the um, any, uh, any uh, pharmaceutical company or life sciences company developing a cure it takes a long time but destiny been working on this for years um they they have they've undertaken many uh, many tests and collaborations with universities um and uh, and hospitals around the world um and and the uh, the their offering is is well established and well known throughout the industry and um it's it's a left field uh, it's a left field approach uh, you might say but I'm just thinking to I'm thinking that with the with the uh, the load now placed both on hospitals as NHS hospitals but hospitals worldwide um, clearly 
any of the associated problems that come with running a hospital and keeping it clean are going to be magnified many times over. Um, MRSA could well be one of the one of the major issues that uh, that hospitals have to face when they're dealing with this excess of patients going through. So um, Destiny Pharma might just be one to consider and put in tug away in the back drawer for that reason. Just a bit of data. It's got a market cap of 14 million currently, traded as high as 85p on the year, as low as 32p, which is basically where it is now. So it might just be an opportunity that you could pick pick this one up and tuck it away. And uh, it may well it may well sort of come to the fore um, uh, toward the end of this year, um, uh, uh, early early next early early 2020, 2021. But uh, a speculative buy, but um, you know a left field one to consider nonetheless. Very yeah, very very interesting company there, Alan. And uh, I'm sure we'll have you on again to get an update uh, on them because that's uh, that's one that sort of falls into this med tech. Uh, arena, which we're seeing a lot of interest in uh, at the moment. So that's probably going to be a subject that we cover in more detail as it becomes a more popular topic for for investors. So, Alan, thank you very much for joining us again on the UK Investor Magazine podcast. Pleasure, John. Thank you for having me. Thank you. So, as a reminder, um, obviously, the podcast is available on the Apple iTunes um, podcasts, but also available on the Amazon Alexa as well as on the UK Investor Magazine mobile app.